podcast. This is episode number 13 and I'm here with my good friend Bianca de Guzman. Aloha. What's up? Lucky number 13. I know. I love that number. You love that number? I was born on the 13th, so it is a pretty good number. Two people I really like to hang out with are born on the 13th. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, before the podcast you mentioned, are you uh, into superstitions? Are you? Oh, no, I'm not into superstitions. You're I asked you all? about it. No, not I'm, at I'm all. actually curious in, in regards to that like subject oh. in general. Yeah, not at all, actually. I like listening about it. Uh, about it. I like hearing the folklore about it and the storylines. Mm-hmm. But I don't really believe in any of them. But it's really fascinating um, how certain stories really grasp people's mentalities and kind right. of just how they, how they adapt their lives towards that. All right. Like, so no psychics, no, no zodiac I've, signs. No. I've been to a psychic. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, Did they tell you what you wanted to hear or no? Sorry? Did they tell you what you wanted to hear or no? They did, actually. Um, okay. But then I was just like, oh, I feel like they just told me what I wanted to hear and nothing Okay, nothing so they literally told substance. you what you yeah. wanted to hear. <laughs> There's nothing of substance. No, I meant in terms of a, a positive reading. Inter- uh, inter- <sighs> no, maybe? No, I mean, it, it honestly felt like I paid $20 to get my ego stroke kind mm. of thing. So I was just like, mm, maybe this isn't for did me. Did they offer for you to come back or yeah, they always do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they so even your said... Your chakras misaligned, your energies were imbalanced. They actually said I had a curse. And they Jeez. were like, yeah, they said I had a curse. And that if I, if I paid more, mm. they could protect me from the curse. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> no, thank you. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I had a buddy where he did the same thing. And then, like you mentioned before, if you are into that kind of stuff, then it becomes mm-hmm. a rabbit hole. It because does. he did pay... Money to, get, to be like, protected. Yeah, to get protection and all these kind of things. Um, but yeah, to, I guess if you believe in it enough, it will impact you. But if not, then... It's a belief system. It's I don't want to say it's a religion, but it, it grasps you in a very similar fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to get to know you today. Who are you? What do you do? So we work together just for the audience. Yeah. Uh, so Bianca is... Uh, you're development production manager now yes and you were a production manager beforehand. i was production manager before that mm-hmm. um i've been in animation well i went to college for animation and originally i wanted to be an artist mm-hmm. to be specific i wanted to be a comic book artist and i figured that animation with the whole storytelling procedure draftsmanship would be the best way to go through it mm-hmm. uh and then during college, it just so turns out that my strength was in people and communication and management. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated college, my professors got me into my first studio, which is Guru. Uh, they told me to go into production, a job that I didn't know actually existed. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, I um, worked on Paw Patrol season one and season two. and. Um, a lot of people know Paw Patrol at this point now because it, it's blown up and all it's over gone insane. Worldwide. Oh yes, I have mm-hmm. um, a lot of friends with kids and their kids. They basically use Paw Patrol as a way to um, bribe their kids to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, be like, you can you can watch Paw Patrol if you do this, and I'm just like, wow, it's got such a strong power. Mm-hmm. So in any case. Um, uh, looking for the next step in my career, I moved into ARC because I wanted to do feature. Uh, mm-hmm. That was something I had not done before. But then I didn't have the best experience at ARC, so I wanted to, and I wanted to move up as well. Mm-hmm. So when an opening uh, started at IB, thankfully I had some really great connections, and then I mm-hmm. got the job that I wanted, which is to move up. And then now I'm working on development, which is also kind of a brand new title for me. And the fun part about it is the initiation of the project. So it's a lot more creative. It's a lot more uh, building up relationships. Um, and I'm still really grasping that aspect. It's the wild, wild west. It is the wild, wild west. <laughs> In comparison <laughs> to like puppet production. Yeah, because there's no real start and end. It's mostly um, a, is it working? If yes, then go here. If mm-hmm. no, then go here. Right. Yeah. So did you always know you were going to be in this industry, like in general? Yeah, like since I was 13, pretty since much. Since you were 13? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you went to Sheridan? No, I went to Seneca, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you, you know Chris? 
Rosacos? Yeah, we went to yeah, yeah we, we went to school the same same year or not same year. He was a year younger or in the class one year before you. Before yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've known him for a, a for while, a long right? time. Yeah, I had him on the podcast yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so today's Monday, right? <laughs> yeah, yesterday. <laughs> today, so on Sunday, I had him. In. Well, no, that's dope. So you've been in the industry for six years now, right? Five, six years, I want to say. No, closer. So, maybe eight, actually. Really? No, yeah, more. Eight. Because okay. I started in 2012. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's right. How does it feel to be in the industry for this long? Are you in a position where you envisioned yourself from the get-go? Or where were your expectations? And where are you now in regards to those expectations? To be honest with you, I... I've changed my trajectory mm-hmm. a little bit because after watching kind of like what the next steps are, so then I was just like, yeah, I want to get into, uh, I wanted to be a production manager. So then I looked into that and that was really fun. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked at line producing, I was just like, I'm not sure if that's where I want to go specifically mm-hmm. um, because like I said, the project usually does have a, a start and an end and once you know what's ev- everything in between mm-hmm. um the devil then becomes the deep like the devil is in the details at that point so what i did right now is i did a bit of a, a side leap towards development and so that to me is really new and that's mm-hmm. a decision um that i was interested in last year and so the growth on this path from what I understand is a lot more organic. But mm. what I really wanted to know more about this side of things is really how to produce original content from the very beginning, from right. the inception of the idea. Because I know how to produce content the moment somebody hands you the money and hands you the project and hands you kind of like uh, the deadline. Mm-hmm. But anything before that is like just brand new information to me. Yeah, no, the reason I ask is because uh, I've noticed myself included and a whole bunch of other people, when we get into the industry, we have this vision of where we want to go in terms mm-hmm. of like what the creative goals are or like where you want to be in terms of position. I mean, for myself, like the first few years I was in, like you, the aim was more so to get full time. Like that, uh, that was the goal. It. And then from that, it turned into got like, it. okay, now I'm uh, like a modeling lead mm. or whatever then it turned mm. into like a rigging position right then it turns into like a general like a development thing but it's like or like opening up your own studio eventually mm. Well, mm. all these things kind of shift around right where we have mm-hmm. like this vision of what our end goal is but when you experience the studio for what it is in that in the animation industry in general it's crazy how things t- kind of shift so for you you want to be an artist yeah. You started and now yeah. you're a development pr- now uh, production manager which manages schedules timelines mm-hmm. and like budgets and all that kind of stuff which is a pretty crazy sidestep yeah. right yeah but you're still in the industry which is dope exactly and then now oh. i'm kind of heading back towards in my opinion i'm heading back towards the more creative side because a lot of it is really hearing the original ideas and really um, growing the story and mm-hmm. making sure that it's what the market wants mm-hmm. sort of thing. So it's a really big mix of the art, artistic side and mm-hmm. the, um, the business side. So that's like yeah, going through this process, I was just like, that's a very interesting thing that I, I used to avoid when I was an artist. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in production, it wasn't also something that I, wasn't, that I was paying attention to too, too much. Dope. Mm-hmm. So, as a person, you're one of the few people that I know that's always, and I mentioned to you, this to you a while back too. Yeah. You're very jovial, positive, and enthusiastic, no matter what always. the situation is. Sometimes it's so awkward. So, but that's the thing. Sometimes where things are very dry and cold, you're still enthusiastic and optimistic, no matter what the setting environment is. What's your secret? What's my secret? Yeah, like how do you stay so jovial and bubbly? Um, that's a good question, actually. So, like, does it run in your family? Like, is it a genetic? It doesn't really run in my family. I don't think so, at least. But, um, what it is, I just I cannot think of negative. I just can't be negative. It's a hard Mm. thing for me to do. Um, so when other people become negative or when they complain about things, I actually have a hard time figuring out how they get to that conclusion immediately because mm-hmm. in my mind i'm like 
there is either one always a solution or the problem is not as bad as you think it is um, and all that really does is clouds your judgment right so so did you always have this approach in terms of how you process things on a mindset level not always okay. not so what was um, I the did it when I was in that, college so what was the catalyst that led you to start thinking in an introspective manner um, so <laughs> we're gonna get a little personal <laughs> up to you um, if you want to dive into these subjects cool oh yeah no, we no, totally okay. can right. um i think that i've always been introspective but yeah. i had a, a point where it was towards the negative and cynical side of life okay so and then what i learned was it wasn't really helping me get anywhere so throughout high school i kind of i was at a depression um we mm -hmm. my parents found out about it and then my guidance counselor was all like you should all get family therapy and stuff like that mm -hmm. um they they put me actually in anger management i was in anger management in mm -hmm. high school because i was destructive um and i learned that i had a passive way of managing my anger where when things happen i keep it within myself mm -hmm. and so that's when i realized that i was very introspective now Putting a spin on that, um, I learned that in order to get this negative energy out, I, I used art as, a, an, outlet. as an outlet. Um, and then what that did was it made me productive. And, mm -hmm. and then when I applied for animation school, um, I found it really fun to just make things and just make things happen. Mm -hmm. And then I started really getting along with my peers um, because then at, at that point I was really honing my outward my my personality and like just mm. being you a lot more open comfortable in your yeah skin being more comfortable person. being more open but also trying to keep a certain level of professionalism certain level <laughs> um, and so towards the end I, I really think that a lot of my growth happened during college okay um, and during the first and at that point, I was just really into it. I was just um, very much into growing myself. And then I, once I honed that healthy level of what's the word I'm looking for, kind of just management of. It's like um, uh, positive thinking versus negative thinking, like a creating healthy level. Balance, yeah, right? creating the balance. Yeah, creating the balance. I started looking into stress management, and I learned that the best thing to do is to stay healthy so then i was just like eat healthy mm -hmm. work out exercise mm -hmm. um learn more about yourself read meditate i mean i don't meditate that much but okay so let's dive into that in terms of uh so when you started going on that journey where you're like all right i need to change things in terms of your diet mm -hmm. uh, exercise all like that where did you start i start that part started um at the age of 24, I believe, mm -hmm. 23, 24, and that was because um, I was working too much. So then what happened was, even though I was being very productive and I was having a, a great time doing that, mm -hmm. it was actually affecting my health mm -hmm. uh, to the point that my cells became abnormal. And then when I went to see a doctor, they said that I had to get screened. And so every six months, actually in the beginning, I had to go see to be screened every three months to make sure that the abnormal cells mm -hmm. didn't become cancerous because I have cancer in my family. Mm. So then I was just like, okay. Um, so that was a direct result of stress? I, like, I believe so because there was okay. nothing else I was doing other than, was, okay. yeah, there was nothing else I could think of that mm -hmm. could potentially go into that. So ever since then, I was just like, well, that wasn't really worth it. <laughs> Let's start focusing on keeping healthy. I mean, this was kind of like, um, I was working 60 hours or more, 60 to 80 hours, and purely just working. Jeez. If not, and if it wasn't that, then I was um, dating. So it was just one or the other. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but then I started putting in being healthy, and then I started with running. I found running meditative, mm -hmm. uh, and that was really fun. But after doing a marathon, I was just like, okay, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> so then I actually um, hired a personal trainer to kind of help me with the physical stuff, mm -hmm. but with the uh, with the whole nutrition. That there's a lot of information out there, so I just did a lot of research on YouTube. 
Right. The yeah. internet is full of abundant information in that regard. Yes. Do you have any people that you, so when you started reading as well, I'm assuming during that time, self-development? Yeah, self-development, four-hour work week. I don't know when or how I ended up picking up the four-hour work week, mm-hmm. but I just did. Oh, actually, I remember now. Somebody sent me um, an interview between Tim Ferriss and uh, the, the Iceman. Wim Hof. Wim Hof, thank you. And uh, it was a very great interview. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to Tim Ferriss, and I thought that he was a great interviewer. So then I, did mm-hmm. a, I dove more into Tim himself and then found that he had multiple books. So I actually picked mm-hmm. up the four-hour work week, loved it. So I picked up his other books. So you read all of them? Four yeah, Hour like Chef and Four Hour, four hour Chef, body. Four Hour Body. I own the Four Hour Chef, but I actually haven't dove in. Uh, the whole point of the book is how to learn, is really mm-hmm. about how to learn. Mm-hmm. So I use it as a reference. It's mostly really a reference book. Mm-hmm. Um, the Four Hour Body, I do the same thing. I only flip to the pages that I kind of need to, if I need Where a it's reset. relatable to yes. whatever life situation that you're in. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And the Four Hour Work Week is a good read generally speaking on just how to <clears throat> rethink the way we do things and then that becomes like a progressive exponential thing where you start developing these skills and That's you right. realize that your life is becoming more and more enjoyable yeah exactly and then you just turned into this bubbly vibrant well. person <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing it's just that's like that's the secret I'm really <laughs> you got it yeah because it just I guess it goes full circle you're just like I'm yeah. gonna help well, that's, myself that's dope because a lot you. of times when someone sees an individual and like mm-hmm. make yourself like very jovial you're like okay this person must have always been like that, like mm. like the, in terms of how they carry themselves. But they don't realize that we're very uh, relatable in the sense that, like, for example, when you have anxiety, like depression, or that kind of stuff, right. people isolate themselves and they feel like they're the only ones experiencing it's those true. type of emotions. And then when they see someone that is very outgoing and social and mm-hmm. not ex- like introverted and like to themselves and contained and not expressing their emotions, depressing everything and being depressed, it's like they brush those type of people off. But then these type of conversations are important in the sense where it makes people open their eyes and realize mm-hmm. that not everybody goes through like ups and downs and like trials and tribulations how you come out of that kind of stuff depends on the person and your circumstances but it is possible Mm -hmm. right and as you mentioned that yourself like you like that surprised me right Mm -hmm. like i didn't i wouldn't have guessed but even i had gone through a similar situation Mm -hmm. and i'm starting to realize that the people that are the most grounded intellectual like happy like easygoing are the ones who have suffered quite a bit or have gone Mm -hmm. through like mental turmoil and come out of it um, so that's pretty dope. No, I totally agree. <clears throat> cool stuff. So you started reading Tim Ferriss stuff. You got into growth and development. Mm-hmm. So what would you say the biggest influence would be in terms of like health, fitness, reading? Like what are the key components? Like which books per se? Like Which books? Like if you were to give someone a formula of like, okay, here's your package of the get well that's a tough one get out of the hole soon (laughs) that's Uh, a tough one because i stopped or i quit giving unsolicited advice i used to give unsolicited advice during the learning process because Mm -hmm. i get so excited yeah i know that feeling yeah Yeah. but then you realize not everybody wants to hear that shit exactly (laughs) and then so my my new thing is um i basically start just writing it for myself and Mm -hmm. once i'm ready i would share it but do you journal yeah, I journal every day. Every day? Yeah. I Do you like, journal emotions or both. like goals and aspirations, all, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I have six categories that I find is important to me. Um, so mm-hmm. when I become emotional, let's say at work, when mm-hmm. I think that my ego is acting up, mm-hmm. I write it down immediately because at that point, I don't want to do anything. So I have to release that right. feeling. Um, and. I, I heard this um, in a podcast. I have listened to so many podcasts, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it's a Tim Ferriss one where they said that uh, you have to materialize it um, mm-hmm. so that it actually escapes you because otherwise you're just keeping it. Retaining and exactly. turns into a mind loop. Exactly. You constantly go over and over. Yeah. Uh, it is very interesting because I experienced that for myself too. Like every time I write, and I journal mm-hmm. as well as much as I can even in terms of manifesting things that I have I want to execute 
as soon as I write it down, it happens the next day. It's oh, like you wow. re reprogram your subconscious. Like in terms of planning. Like if okay. I was to be like, tomorrow I'm going to do, do A, B, C, and D. Even mm -hmm. though if I had not planned it, I wouldn't have done Got it. or executed on it. Because it's like you're almost telling your subconscious. It's like this is what we need to do tomorrow. Exactly. Um, but it's interesting how you can program the mind on, on that level, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's another thing that's interesting and I want to touch on is that you mentioned ego. What do you yes. think that entails? Like how do you cope with that? And what do you think it is and where it stems from? Um, I definitely think, well, everybody has it. And a lot mm -hmm. of um, kind of, what I'm, I don't know the word for it, but there's a, this goal where you want to become egoless. And it's, right. I, is it in Buddhism? I'm not even sure. Well, it's when you reach enlightenment and <laughs> oneness Thank with you. everything, right? Thank yeah. you. So um, what it is and what I realized is that when I'm filled with ego, mm -hmm. I don't learn and I don't like that. Mm -hmm. So then what happens is I start going through a backward spiral. So when I'm not learning, then I'm not progressing. So then I start getting upset mm -hmm. and then it just becomes a backward spiral of that. Mm -hmm. So I read this book called Awareness and mm -hmm. I know that your favorite book is The Power of Now. One but of my favorite, <laughs> yes. yeah. That's up there. It's Tough. up there, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't read The Power Now, but I did read Awareness, which is um, pretty short by Anthony DeMello. Uh, it's a pretty short book, and it's by Anthony DeMello, who's mm -hmm. a Jesuit priest. Mm -hmm. And when I read that book, um, he just he always just said the line, awareness, awareness, awareness. And I didn't really understand what that meant until I read the part that you have to watch yourself. And I said, and I also questioned, how do I do that? I know I was just like how am I gonna watch myself okay um, and then I so then I remember Jordan Pearson also saying that whenever he caught himself doing something that he didn't like or mm -hmm. even lying right he would trace back and be like no 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 that's not true mm -hmm. so that, first of all that's a certain level of awareness and I don't know how you get there but I I think the fact that for example, for me, that when I catch my ego acting up mm. and realize and looking at the big picture, being like, they're not necessarily, they're not criticizing me as a person. They're criticizing mm. um, what I need to improve on. Right. So I'm not supposed to take that seriously. I'm supposed to, and I should learn from that. And so mm. um, I write down the negative feelings of like, um, you suck or you should have done this better mm -hmm. I get rid of that feeling and then I just move on to what are what is the actionable step what's the next step to do every to do this particular thing better right so that makes sense so you're releasing all of the pent-up mm -hmm. thoughts that are arising and so I kind of do what you're doing, except for the negative part. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just be like, all right, I what do I need to do to improve? But I can understand you releasing the, I guess, the, the mm -hmm. negative vibes just to get it out of the system. And I think for um, you, you probably practiced that out because when um, I was listening to you and Jason talk, you guys talked about producing every single day. Right. When you produce every single day, mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure if this ever even happened to you really, when you think about it could be better, right. but you just push it out. Right. Um, that's still yourself practicing. You're still practicing a way of... It's just detaching from your... Exactly. I, I, you're not identifying with what you're putting out there. Exactly. And most people, when they personalize themselves with whatever it is, that, a career or a project or anything mm -hmm. like that, it's more difficult, right? Because then yes. you want to perfect it and you want to portray yourself in the best light possible. Of course. But no one's perfect. Yeah. So... When, when you realize and crack that code in regards to like, I'm just going to do this the best I can and then I can learn and grow and then, then things become a lot easier just to execute from scratch. And that's why there's so many people that have all these great, amazing ideas, but and they never initiate because yes. they fear that they're not going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. I've covered this in other podcasts as well. It's like, you just have to like suck it up and just do it no then, exactly and but it is interesting observing the mind and the ego on that level and then kind of because you can con have contradicting thoughts mm -hmm. but then when you step outside of that you're like who's in charge of what like what is this 
thought process yeah. like what is who's making the calls and like why is there resistance and it's like the mm-hmm. monkey brain versus the conscious brain exactly which is very interesting right? and that's funny that you say the monkey brain i actually think that's the human side the well, instinctual primal. the instinctual primal thank yeah. you um and then when people say what does it when people question what does it mean to be human it's it's like um you know it's a very Eat, sleep make babies (laughs) that's just the primal part uh, (laughs) that's what it means to be human when we think about it in terms of uh, growth let's think about it as people growth Mm -hmm. of society and stuff like that there's a lot of things that we ourselves have declared is moral value Mm -hmm. and what's valuable but even that is questionable, right? It's yeah, based it off of your environment. Yeah, exactly, your based on your society. Society, culture, all that kind of stuff. Yes. So if you, you have to take a raw human and just like be like, okay. But that's the thing. It's like, where do you draw the line in terms of what's the right way of raising someone, right? Exactly. Because if you were just to take a primal person, then it's all about us and self-preservation and protecting survival. ourselves, survival. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so then it's no longer the sharing community. And without the sharing community, then we won't be in the situation we're in now right where we all live richer than the kings of the 16th century or even right. 100 at the years same ago time we're suffering on a mindset level right? on a mindset level too much input communities do exist but people feel lonelier than ever oh yeah because of social media and expectations and mm-hmm. projecting into the future and worrying about the past and always feel feeling like there's a lack of and that is the not living in the moment aspect of it because exactly. then when you think too much about the past or have anxiety over the future Mm. I can see how that stunts people and then I can see how that becomes kind of like a downward spiral of like how do I enjoy the now how do I get rid of this feeling of anxiety Mm. a lot of people that know me they more in the past more so than now I would rant about the present moment so much I'm like there's only now (laughs) and they get annoyed but like to put it simply, like if you're worrying about the past and you're projecting yourself in the future, you're going to be autopilot throughout life. Yep. Um, like when you boil it down, there is nothing else. And you else, let life right? happen to you instead of you living it. Yeah, you're reacting to everything. Exactly. That's what happens, right? So if you're not aware of like the current moment that you're in, mm-hmm. even if you have whatever it is that you want, let's say you get rich, you have a yacht, you have beautiful women, whatever, you're still going to be so caught up in your head and not present. Mm-hmm. You, won't, you won't even be able to enjoy mm-hmm. what you have. Um, and that's what it means to be present. Like even in this situation, like appreciating everything, taking like taking in everything and you have that sense of like bliss and euphoria and then you can take action in terms of things that you enjoy doing right Mm -hmm. rather than subconsciously sleepwalking through life on a day-to-day basis and but it's hard to do because there's so many distractions there's all this noise and that's true that's why um i actually I'm currently trying to detox a little bit on mm-hmm. the social media type? Uh, not even just social media I mean I'm not that active on social media anymore um, I wanted to try to be more active because mm-hmm. I wanted to um, be a part of a community like let's say the fitness community mm-hmm. but I guess I'm just not really into it it's a lot of work it is. to May be a part of a community May is a lot of work yes um, but what I guess what I'm referring to is creating a silence so um you know you go to the gym you listen to music if you listen to music um or you listen to a podcast when you're traveling um or somebody's texting you and you respond back we have on my phone alone i have five apps that are messenger apps Mm -hmm. like instant messaging and sometimes when i see more than when I see more than five messages, I don't even want to look at it because <laughs> it becomes, it becomes overwhelming. Uh, tedious. It's exactly. like a job almost. Yeah. Yes. So what I've actually done to quiet my life, and I know um, I have a feeling not a lot of people do this, I have no notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, the only not- notification I have is the number of messages that's on top of an app. Mm-hmm. But what I also did is I hid all of my apps to the second page of my phone so that whenever I turn on my phone I just I don't, don't see anything see yeah I don't see anything that's smart um, so these are kind of small things to quiet my life I have rules where I don't look at my phone 
or a screen when I'm in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. So no screens in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, the, I also, what else is there? Yeah, I just basically created a lot of rules to make sure that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm constantly present what I, with what I'm doing. Because otherwise, it's overwhelming. <laughs> There's too much input. Have you done mm -hmm. anything like the sensory deprivation tanks or? No, I've always wanted to try yeah, it. Actually. You should try it out. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, aside from that meditation and stuff, did you do dive into any of that? Did you read into any? I read into it, and mm -hmm. I, I know a bit about the science and how it develops your brain. But personally, I just haven't gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. I haven't really found the method that I like. I've tried. Um, headspace. Yeah, right. I tried headspace. The breathing, breathing is fine. Like mm -hmm. I can do like breath exercises. Yeah, breath exercises. Inside the sauna is the best, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> it's when your nostrils catch on fire. Oh, I've tried that before. <laughs> like, this is burning my insides. I mean, maybe I haven't done it for that long because <laughs> it's my favorite place. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I find, I personally find um, my workouts like a this, meditation no yeah. I absolutely agree and when I go to the gym it's like my sanctuary oh me too I have my headphones in and then if people socialize once in a while it's alright but sometimes people get carried away and they, they're like butterflies social butterflies that's when I'm like you're interrupting my my sanctuary oh, got time it. it's like leave me the fuck alone mm -hmm. I need to lift some weights get those endorphins going exactly clear. the breathing because you have to breathe in deep yeah it's essentially it a meditation it like is if you break it's it down meditation. like yeah a moving meditation mm -hmm. it forces you to breathe you're stretching you're getting endorphins mm -hmm. dopamine serotonin all those good stuff exactly but you can get addicted to that as well oh i didn't even know you that, know that? <laughs> no <clears throat> so if you go too much to the gym and you get addicted to that thing because even for me sometimes i go six seven days a week yeah. and the days that i don't go I'm mm -hmm. like I, I feel like something's missing, but it's because my body is used to that. Oh, like, got it. But it's a good addiction at the end of the day. I don't, I I don't think mind. so. Yeah, as long as you don't overwork yourself, I think it's mm -hmm. fine. On my days off, or when I don't go to the gym, I do a walk, and I love walking mm -hmm. around the city because it's a an opportunity to see what's happening in Toronto and how mm -hmm. people are flocking into it and stuff like that. Which areas of the city do you usually walk around? Usually, I'm like just random. Queen West. Okay. Yeah, okay, Queen West is my favorite, um, and then Yorkville. Mm. It's a fancy part of town. Oh, I love Yorkville. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so nice. It's so pretty. All right. So getting back to okay. So what books would you recommend for someone that's like, I'd say, getting into mindfulness and could, I know that you're also into stoicism which oh, is pretty yes. interesting right because yes. that's usually how i carry myself in terms of just emotions and mm -hmm. uh, how i tackle things in life and i've heard that you're into that as well oh i am mm -hmm. um i found seneca also again through tim ferris mm -hmm. um letters of seneca um letters from a stoic and i that's actually a very great first read um mm -hmm. it i just to be honest with you, I don't know how other people will react if they're not into the stoic mindset, because mm -hmm. I think I've always been into the stoic mindset. Mm -hmm. um, if before books, if we even just go through animated content or or movies, um, you would kind of, you would see characters that are the strong-willed, the hero, strong-willed characters. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it, it came in the manga form called Hunter x Hunter, mm -hmm. where the main character is this 12-year-old boy, and he was just, he's egoless. He's all about learning, and he finds the f fun in the process. So actually, I would often think about him as kind of like um, uh, a source of how he thinks about, I would think about how he thinks about things, and mm -hmm. he's because all he really wants is to get better at his craft, to help his friends, um, uh, and, and to learn really. And that was really fascinating, but his philosophy without even saying it is a stoic philosophy. Mm -hmm. And so when I started reading into Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, um, I was just like, this is really connecting to me, but I can see, but to be honest with you, I can see how some people will not connect to it mm -hmm. because it's not the most comfortable. In what sense? In the yeah. sense of, well, sorry, when I say comfortable, I mean it's not, it's not the most, 
um, applicable to their life situation. Not applicable. No, not applicable. I say elegant. It's not. It's not. It's not like a rich lifestyle. Let's put it mm, that way. It's okay. Simple, basic. It's very simple. It's very. Um, I'm gonna do the hard thing mm-hmm. um, because I want to train myself for for hardships, right? Sort of thing. So I know some people don't want to do that, and and I say this because I would talk about it, mm-hmm. and we have one friend who would say, Bianca. I live a comfortable life. Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> but then you look at them yeah. deep in their eyes like, yeah. are you really that comfortable? Yeah. And then you'll, you'll notice. You'll be like, okay, things can be a little bit better. Yeah. So, no, when it comes to those kind of people in general, uh, like, same thing. Like, even in regards to what we spoke about earlier, if they're kind of seeking some type of growth in a specific mm. aspect of life, then yeah. you can be like, hey, check this out. Or have you looked into this before? But for those that you can see that they're struggling or suffering and things mm-hmm. could be better and they try to justify it, in mm. my mind, that's like a sign of just like laziness to a certain degree. Where it's like, no, why would would you not want to optimize? It's more of, like That's if you were, if you were to give someone a pill and be like, okay, if you take this pill, you're gonna be shredded, fit, healthy. They would oh, take yeah. it. They would take it. Yeah, yeah, yes. But then if you're like, okay, this is the program you need to follow, they'd be like, oh, fuck that. I have heard of that. So, right, that's the, the, it's a mindset thing, Mm -hmm. right? And then that's what differentiates like great and like like, ambitious people and successful people from those that are like kind of coasting through life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're half asleep, half awake, to be Mm -hmm. honest, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Like if they're genuinely happy, like some people have different morals and values in terms of what brings them happiness, but... A lot of times you can see that they want things to be better, but they just don't want to put the work in. It's like more of a willpower, discipline mindset thing. Ah, got right? it. Right? So yeah. that's the analogy I usually tell them, and I'm sure you've probably heard it somewhere. It's like, if I gave you a shortcut, you'd want it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then if I break down the grandiose, elaborate, long-term, non-short-term gratification mm-hmm. method, it's going to frustrate you, and you're going to be like, I don't want to do that. Got it. Right? Yeah, because honestly for me, the way I've always seen is whenever I did the hard thing, it always rewarded me with something great. Mm-hmm. So, and um, I would always get really into the process of it. It was, um, I guess that is what you say, living in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it was very fulfilling. Right. So it's kind of just like... Um, it's not always like that. It's not every day like that. But when it does happen, and I always try to get there. Like the um, flow state, you mean? Yeah, the flow state. I, I think that is what it's called. I haven't really... It's like div- Satori and flow state. That's what they call it. But it's when time is non-existent. That's right. And you're just so and present. Just and in the moment, you're just executing. Yeah, you just do. You just make. You just mm-hmm. produce. Um, and in a way, that also is relaxing. And by the end of the day, you're just like, oh. That was a good day. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, no regrets. <laughs> but see, you live a balanced lifestyle mm-hmm. in the sense where you do. I'm pretty sure you you have a proper sleep schedule. I so do. all your human basic 101 needs yes. are met. Yes. And you need to cover all those bases in order to reach a state. Yep. That will get you into that flow mm-hmm. state. So even for me, if I don't sleep well, or it's, yeah. I have so much more resistance. It's so much more difficult to get into that mindset. Right. It's true. But then, then you realize some people are in that headspace all, all the, time. the time. And then they're associating their stresses and their anxieties and whatever difficulties they have to external things rather yes, than exactly. internal things. Exactly. And then to those people, you just want to like shake them and be like, wake <laughs> up. <laughs> or wake. go to bed. Or sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you need a nap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Reset your mind, please. <laughs> you need a nap. Okay? Stop drinking five coffees a day and telling me you can't go to sleep at night. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Why do you do this to yourself? So that's the thing. I, um, mm. you know, for 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 so long, we know we've done the science on the best, like in terms of sleeping, in terms of eating, um, how to keep our bodies functional at its best. And I always questioned why people wouldn't do that. Why mm-hmm. would they wouldn't do what's best for themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, what feels good in general? Feels, right? Yeah, it does. Because when, when we were younger, we could do a lot of things, like we could stay up late mm-hmm. um, and still do the exam the next day. Mm-hmm. Or um, 
or party all night and still fin get to that deadline sort of thing mm -hmm. but at some point when you listen to your body there's just you just can't do it anymore so you have to really start taking mm -hmm. care of yourself and so i basically start to question why people wouldn't put themselves first because um, they're unconscious and, and then and that's the thing and it's mm -hmm. just like it becomes a downward spiral for them and when mm -hmm. i watch that and I, I so this is me being introspective, looking at people in this industry that have been that have been in this industry longer than I have, and older people. Mm -hmm. um, when I and even listening to my parents, when I just watch them, I'm like, why, why wouldn't you take care of yourself right. first? Mm -hmm. um, I remember asking you at work one day. I'm like, why is it that some people are so intelligent yet they don't take care of their meat vehicle? Like they're super yeah. smart mm -hmm. right, in a specific area, and it's like, but they don't fuel their body in a way where it'll be optimized. But then, in all other regards, in terms of what they're doing, they're like very intelligent. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, I'm addicted to sugar. And it's like I can't. It's like, yeah, but shouldn't you fix that? It's like, no, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with it later. I don't have diabetes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get diabetes. Yeah. It's like, my friend, why you do this to yeah. yourself? Come on. It's like, yes. you're so smart, but at the same time. But at the same time, why? Yeah. Or even fitness-wise. And that, that's the thing. It just comes down to an impulsive. It's the monkey brain, too, right? They're, mm -hmm. uh, they're more prone to, I guess, specific aspects of life and they their judgments are based off of the monkey brain and the impulsive desires mm -hmm. um but training your willpower discipline and all that kind of stuff is not easy but then as you mentioned before to the rewards that you get and the satisfaction and fulfillment that comes it's with so much better. coming over that resistance and that i don't want to do that or i want that mm -hmm. donut or dessert so badly but i'm gonna tell myself no mm -hmm. And then knowing that you have control over specific aspects of life in that situation leads to, um, it correlates to other aspects of life where you make uh, other decisions that are catered towards growth and self-development, right? Yeah. And then you don't go backwards into like becoming lazy because like as soon as you have whatever, a donor or whatever, you become lethargic because you're lethargic, you won't execute on a specific right. thing. You won't go as hard at the gym or you'll skip the gym and then yeah. it just it's like why it's mm -hmm. not worth it no exactly um, but with experience i guess if you have that introspective mindset you can kind of dissect everything and break it down mm -hmm. um, and then you also have to well at least i do this all the time is when i do fall which happens like mm -hmm. um when i injured myself four months ago i was really upset and i couldn't do all the exercises that I love to do, mm -hmm. uh, I had to take a little bit of a break. I had to think about this as if I had to think about my progress like a stock market chart. <laughs> and okay. um, basically, progress is not linear. Right. Um, there's always going to be divots. So not every day is going to be perfect. But as long mm -hmm. as you always strive to move it up, mm -hmm. and I'm going to say this, maybe the stock market since 2008 let's just say that <laughs> okay maybe not right now but you know <laughs> so in life there's peaks and valleys mm -hmm. there's ups and downs yes, so exactly. when you're down you can only go up from there yes and just don't stay down you know yeah, you have a, you can make decisions yes to, and then as, yeah as i grow older as well like i'm starting to realize that more and more like even when you're having a bad day and you're not feeling mm -hmm. so good realizing that it's not permanent that's right It'll reset pass. yeah like, look like what can to the you, what can day. you do to change how you feel if you can't do anything just realize that it's not something that's going to be that you can control reoccurring. if it is then you have bigger problems mm. and you need to look at things that's from true. a bigger picture that is true um yeah i can't really speak for things that are that go downward spiral if it's outside of your element but um if it's within your control then focus on the things that you can do better for mm -hmm. yourself don't focus on the things that is outside of your control necessarily mm -hmm. so it's really and i don't want to i don't want to be mean about this but um there's actually that thing where sometimes you have to fire your friends if they're mm -hmm. not the best for you yeah well if they're not on your path in terms of you being the best version of yourself yes. and they're bringing you down then exactly it's that's another thing too it's like you shouldn't take that kind of stuff personal right because yeah. everybody is on their own journey like trying to level up mm -hmm. and the ones that will stick with you through the ups and downs that's those true. are 
the key, the, gem. the, the yeah. core group of friends. And I have like a pretty intimate group of friends in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when you're young, you're like, hey, these are my best friends. Exactly. Like, and, then, and then you have to like grow out of that circle right sometimes they prevent you from doing that yeah you know it's funny you mentioned that i'm getting like flashbacks now so. <laughs> <laughs> not even just that but also because when you want to grow into the person that you want to be you want to become you have to realize that you're going to make sacrifices mm -hmm. that you're currently doing so for me it was a lot of partying <laughs> um those are sacrifice partying my yeah. sacrifice was i because i'm an i became an extrovert mm -hmm. in my early 20s I really enjoyed going out all the time. Okay. A lot. And then, but it wasn't giving me enough of a chance to be introspective, mm -hmm. to look into myself. And then sometimes uh, in the beginning, I would skip my workouts to go out and have drinks. Um, so then what I decided was um, that my well-being is more important right. um, because obviously if I'm happy then I project better mm -hmm. so what I did was I, rev I reverse engineered my schedule where I did everything that was important at the beginning of my day mm -hmm. so that at the end of the day um, I would one either either one be too tired or two think about my next day and being like how can I set my next day up for success mm -hmm. um, so that I I power through things better. Right. But at the same time, too, like if let's say you were to go out, mm -hmm. like if you were to accomplish specific things that you wanted to earlier in the day, as you mentioned before, you become more like vibrant yes. because you feel like yes. you deserve, uh, like you've done the work, mm -hmm. now it's time to play. Yeah, exactly. Versus being like, fuck, I didn't do what I need to do and I'm going to get drunk and like party. That's right. And I'm going to feel like shit the next day. Like, and then it's. But that's the thing. It's like I didn't get what I wanted, what I needed to do. So then I'm gonna go party so that I don't dwell on the thing I didn't do. But then the next day, you start dwelling on the thing that you didn't do. And it's and five then, times worse because exactly. Yeah, I don't understand exactly. that concept. Of life. <laughs> but everybody has to experience it for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Like as Wim Hof says, like learning is experiencing. So mm -hmm. when it comes to all aspects of life, like whether it's meditation, I, I'm going to push you to get into that, like mm -hmm. breathing and that, all that kind of stuff. Everybody is unique in terms of how they um, experience things, yeah. right? And then that will alter your trajectory even more so because it's very important in terms of um like i know so many people when they come to me they're like oh you let's do a breathing exercise and they don't know what to expect mm. and then they try to ask like, okay what happens when you do i'm like listen let's just do one afterwards you'll see how you feel yeah and then as soon as they do it they're like what the fuck like but everybody's uh, experience is different yeah. right because we all have our own perceptions of reality our own levels of stress and like anxieties in our life so you can't be like this is the general rule of thumb for everyone mm -hmm. um so even in regards to stoicism and mindset and all that kind of stuff same rule applies but yeah to those who kind of seek and like they're curious they'll gravitate towards you yeah and then you can be like okay here's what you need to do and then i've mentioned this in another podcast through the three books that i recommend like power of now is the mm -hmm. first one uh, four Agreements and The Mastery of Love. And The Mastery of Love? The Mastery of Love. Oh, fine. It's not like love. It's, it's, more, like, <laughs> it's more like self-love, respect. Um, um, not well, being selfish in a way where you put yourself first, but you in, do, in doing first. so, like you, you're able to love someone yeah. properly, right? But that's exactly it, because that's self-respect, self-love, mm -hmm. then you basically share what you have because you have an abundance of it. Right. When you're depleted, like you need mm. to, one, seek help if you absolutely need to. Um, mm. You know, have that, have that persistence to want to get out of the darkness. Mm. And again, only when you have reached a certain level of self-confidence, self-love, that's when you share. Because otherwise, yeah. it's just going to eat up at you and you're just going to go back you down again. You just have resent yeah. for everything. Oh, there's yeah. that too. Yes, exactly. And I, I know people like that too, and it's mm -hmm. unfortunate. But you try to like kind of express to them. It's like, yeah. But 
this thing consciousness in general there's so many layers of it's like uh, infinite mm -hmm. onions is what i call it mm -hmm. they keep peeling and the deeper you go the more intense you feel these things but at mm -hmm. the same time you have a deeper understanding of how things work so same thing like when you go into self-love mode and everything like you will love deeper mm -hmm. but you will hurt deeper as well because you're more in tune with your emotions right mm -hmm. so it's a give and a take but to that like even in that regard like i'll be like i'll tell someone's like okay would you want to experience those things in the first place just know that there's a duality to mm -hmm. that as well and that's okay but it'll pass so same thing raining sunshine night exactly. day exactly heartbeat goes up down <laughs> stock markets go down up um but yeah so what projections do you have for the future like what like are you going to continue doing self-growth and development like oh yes um what are your plans for the next like what's your next steps in terms of like how you're going to approach everything oh yeah so i actually have like a six-month goal right now which mm -hmm. is to hone my soft skills when it comes to business more mm -hmm. but i also um on the side want to really dive into work a lot more so what i've been doing is i've re i've reached a, a pretty good level of balance mm -hmm. in terms of um living life and work mm -hmm. but i want to reshift my focus focus into work again and really um diving into this part of production development mm -hmm. um because i know that original content and creativity is just it's a bestseller right now a lot of people are buying a lot of broadcasters and networks are buying original content to mm -hmm. um to you know showcase out there right um and that's that to me is a lot of learning already i just bought a book that i have to basically write down what my next steps are um i haven't really dove i haven't I guess the word is dope into my schedule for my next six months mm -hmm. but that, that is my next step so do you always break down in, everything down in six month chunks or yeah i learned that from the four hour work week because if you have any if you have a goal that's longer than that and i i totally agree with it mm -hmm. it becomes if you don't narrow your goals down mm -hmm. to something that's that you're capable of finishing within six months it becomes too vague and then you kind of don't see the results so then the it's harder I mean, to convince you, yourself if you do it in a shorter time period you just if get you, stressed and burnt out and but you don't make it too big so right. you basically have to figure out what and this is the hard part is the planning part mm -hmm. um you have to figure out what's doable in six months based okay. on the research and the resources um sometimes i i have a tendency to dream to dream too big and then um I mean, I have a 30-year plan. Jeez. <laughs> but, broken but... down into six-month chunks? No, no, no. I have a 30-year plan yeah, that's six. literally just broken down in terms of, I guess, every year it, I basically would put, like, um, it'd be good to have this, it'd be good to have that. Mm. Um, but my 30-year plan is not set in stone. So from, from the macro, I go dive in deeper. So mm. my original plan for this year was to finish my project management Mm -hmm. and I might still actually do that I'm just having a little bit of an internal debate whether I want to if that's actually valuable um, mm -hmm. versus honing in more on like the business soft skills slot and then learning more about the development process and really diving into work so mm -hmm. basically I'm using work as a as a form of homework right. um, because there's so many things in Ontario that we have we have so many resources like literally i can learn about funds like i can learn about um how to fund a short if i wanted to mm -hmm. gather um hire artists to build a short and stuff like that right. ontario gives us funding for certain things like this you just have to qualify mm -hmm. you just have to apply and if you qualify they'll give you money and i'm just like that's amazing stuff right. <laughs> like so there's a lot of these things that um really feed into creating original content that I want to learn a lot more from mm -hmm. because I personally think that that's a stronger um, skill to have because project management is general and it is a strong skill but um, I guess it's not um, it's not focused enough mm -hmm. it's 
a little too general. <laughs> so that's why I'm shifting gears. And I only really decided that last month after I reached my other goal of finally learning how to drive. <laughs> like, that was a fear that I needed to get rid of. Conquered. The conquered, yes. Mm -hmm. Like I started that with um, biking last year mm -hmm. and then finally got into the driving part. Because I know some people just really get into the driving part almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And I didn't because I always believed the, the future cause of my death was through driving. <laughs> no, it was like, it was a childhood thing. Um, uh, the traffic in the Philippines wasn't that great. So, mm -hmm. so going back to fear. your business versus management and everything, mm -hmm. so what kind of advice would you give to someone who wanted to come into the industry and wanted to get into project management? I mean, the fact that you have a 30-year plan and break everything down to six months is a huge bonus. But <laughs> it's not a 30-year plan that's broken into six months. You just take it six months by six months. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so you don't yeah. have... Yeah, I don't a, have, like, I have a 30-year generalization of what, um, of where I, what I want to do mm -hmm. um, and what I want to have, like a family and stuff like that. Right. Um, so in terms of the industry, though, like what pointers would you give to someone? Somebody want to break into the industry. the industry and do what you're doing per se hmm that's a good question oh communication would be the biggest one um mm -hmm. and then when i say that i mean just being clear concise finding exactly where your parameters are what mm -hmm. you're willing to accept versus what you're willing to step back away from mm -hmm. um but also and this is what i find is what happens with beginner with starting coordinators or production people mm -hmm. is that they can sometimes be harsh with artists right. in just in terms of how of their language because um, the, the mindset becomes all about the deliverable but not about the team right. so um, care about the team because the team gets it done, <laughs> um, but also communicate to the team the importance and the value of the work, mm -hmm. uh, but also knowing your value yourself. Um, sometimes what I find, not sometimes, I'm gonna say majority of the time, what I find with juniors is that they do undervalue themselves, and I totally understand why. Mm -hmm. um, it's a confidence thing, it's a getting, a, getting started thing, mm -hmm. but, you have to know that, or you really have to understand what you have to offer and um, hone that skill, develop yourself more and communicate it effectively. Mm -hmm. So project management skills, communication, just being a strong leader in a sense, right? Yeah. Like being able to manage a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. dope, dope. Teamwork. Yeah, so... We're going to finish off this podcast in terms of, uh, I usually ask like a general question at the end, but I'm going to ask you, so what, after all this, what encapsulate like, in, towards the end of the podcast, I mean, like, what gets you up in the morning? What's that driving factor for you? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> like, because literally, I get up in the morning, I'm like... Oh, what a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, like what's the ultimate goal for you? Because right? <laughs> everybody has like a specific drive, right? Mm. And so when you wake up, what's the, what's the ultimate motive that gets you going to be like, all right, let's get this day started? The ultimate motive. Mm -hmm. Give me a sample. A sample yeah. of? Of yours, let's say. So for mine, it's like when I wake up, it's like, all right, today is going to be another opportunity to become the strongest version of myself got right? it and then at the same time motivate inspire other people uh, in my vicinity and in my power to do so right mm -hmm. so that's usually that's so proving to myself all right i can, can take better. it to the next step okay let's evolve that's what you meant i thought you meant like a more something more uh material ish in a way mm. but no not to that respect i pretty much say a very similar thing to what you do. Mm -hmm. um, I basically say, Bianca, you're going to do your best today. This is when I look at the mirror. <laughs> so like, so Bianca, you're going to do your best. Bianca does. She looks yes. in the mirror. It's, so what is it? Self-affirmations? Self Positive affirmations? I guess so, but also a reminder of what I can do better. So the, the beautiful thing about writing a journal is that you know mm -hmm. how you reacted the day before, um, and then the next day you're able to course correct and... Um, 
figure out how to do it better that day. Mm -hmm. So I always start with Bianca, do your best today. <laughs> I do, I really do. So Even you talk to yourself in, your, in the third person. Yeah, I in do. In your mind, okay, I that's do. interesting. <laughs> no, because when I think about it, it's like, do I do that? I'm like, no, no. You really. don't? I usually just mm -hmm. like self-talk, but not like, all right, Masood, you got this. But maybe, I don't know, I'll test it out, see how yeah, that works. It's like an it. advanced version of journaling. It's like you're talking to yourself from a super outside perspective. Oh. No, but that's what you're doing essentially, right? Yes. And like you're looking at yourself from the most from modest me. perspective as if you're like, all right, Bianca, um, your higher self. <laughs> <laughs> you get shit together. Be like, Bianca, this is the person that you want to be. You want to be respectful. You want to be confident. You want to mm. um, have a good knowledge base of what it is that you're doing. So right. what are your next steps to get to that, to those specific goals? And I'm just like, all right. That's it. <laughs> All right, dope, dope. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Oh, thank we you. We covered some pretty deep introspective subjects. We did. Thank you so much. All right. Peace. Ciao, ciao. for you